This is Wellspring, presented by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital on 99.7 and 14.50 WHTC. And for this Thursday, October 14th, we welcome in Sarah Dockerslute. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Gary, and welcome to Wellspring, a live broadcast sponsored by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital. Domestic violence affects millions, both women and men of every race, religion, culture, and status. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And joining me via a Zoom connection this morning is Megan Hennessy, Program Director from Resilience, formerly known as the Women's Center for in Transition. And we will not be taking any phone calls today. But delighted, Megan, to have you with us on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Good morning. So first of all, tell us, what is domestic abuse? Domestic violence and domestic abuse is behavior that a romantic partner, um, boyfriend, spouse, you know, anything that falls under that category, uses to gain power and control over their other partner or partners. Um, it's not just limited to physical abuse or sexual abuse. Um, it can include verbal abuse, financial abuse, intimidation, um, minimizing the behaviors that they've had before, isolating their partner. But the main um, goal of abuse is to maintain, uh, maintain power and control over your partner. Um, so it's not something that's caused by, you know, something if somebody doesn't have good anger management skills or mental illness, drugs or alcohol or other common excuses or explanations that we hear. It's really um, intended to have main, to maintain power and control over your partner. And it affects men, women, you know, people of different socioeconomic class, doesn't it? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the reasons we uh, changed our name in 2018 from the Center for Women in Transition is to really emphasize that our programming is available for all genders. Um, people in LGBT relationships are um, just as likely, if not more likely, to suffer um, or, you know, be victimized by domestic violence. Um, and we want to make sure that um, folks know that there's a place in the community that they can go to that's gender inclusive. You know, if someone's involved in domestic abuse, it's sometimes very, very difficult to make that step to get out of that abusive relationship. So why is it so important if someone is listening and in that situation to reach out to resilience before you decide to leave an abusive partner? Mm -hmm. Leaving an abusive partner because abuse is about power and control, when you are leaving that person, they are losing power and control over you. So that can be the most dangerous time in that relationship. Um, we recognize that folks can't always give us a call um, for safety reasons or walk into our office. Um, you know, people may not be able to give us a call before they decide to leave. Um, but I like folks to know that um, we're available 24 seven. Um, if you're planning on leaving, we can help with safety planning, um, coming up with uh, plans and goals, providing emotional support. And even if you're not totally ready to leave your abusive partner yet, um, some uh, it's not uncommon for folks to um, leave an abusive partner and then go back to the partner probably like seven, eight, nine times. Um, but we want to be a support system throughout that entire thing and try to um, really do some harm reduction um, and 
provide as much safety as possible during during that time. You know, tell us a, a little bit about, you know, when you talk about the, uh, the services that are available or people that can help as people might be saying, I got to get out of this relationship. Um, what services are available? Well, at Resilience Advocates for Ending Violence, we have an emergency shelter for those who are at um, high risk of physical harm or even homicide. Um, so there's the emergency shelter, uh, rental assistance, case management, trauma therapy, um, and then we also offer uh, uh, crisis services, um, you know, our 24-hour helpline, and um, folks are welcome to come to our office um, in Holland between 9 and 5. We will also do mobile advocacy if that's not a safe place, um, you know, go out into the community and meet with you somewhere else if that's safer. Um, yeah, and, and we also provide, um, we have a lot of prevention programming too. So we're hoping to prevent domestic violence before it starts. So how can you help someone you believe is being abused? Believe them is step one. Um, believing them, listening without judgment, it can be really difficult, especially if you know the abusive partner. Um, they most likely um, are very kind and, you know, could be charming in public um, and, you know, treat other people in their lives with respect, right? This is why it's not an anger issue. Um, if it was an anger issue, you would see that person having difficulty, you know, working with their boss at, um, you know, whenever they were working with conflict, um, not trying to maintain power control over other people. So it can be really difficult to um, to come to terms with that, if, especially if you know the other partner. But um, believing them, starting by believing is, you know, the most important thing, listening without judgment, and then offering um, help in a way that the survivor um, knows that they are the one that are, that's in control, right? So if domestic violence is about power and control, we want to help them gain power and control back and make sure that they're in the driver's seat. We're not making decisions for them. We're just saying, hey, what do you need? Because I, I want to help. Mm -hmm. So it's asking the question, not being afraid to question. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Open I mean, Yes. And I guess I was going to say too, you know, you, you talk about different, I mean, when you think about abuse, we think about physical abuse, mm -hmm. but um, emotional abuse. I mean, even if you overhear conversations that you say, hey, someone's crossed the line, you know, making someone aware. But, you know, in terms of physical abuse, I'm certain if someone is being physically abused, they may try to cover it up and they can explain and being willing to say, I care about you enough that, that I want to bring it up. You know, can I help, right? Not mm -hmm. being afraid to ask that. Uh, Gary, um, he has a question that he would like to ask. Yes, I do. Megan Hennessy of Resilience. Uh, we had last week, in fact, a week or so ago, we had Allegan County Sheriff Frank Baker and Allegan County Prosecuting Attorney Myrene Cook join us to talk a little bit about domestic violence, as this is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And they were talking about working with organizations in addressing this uh, uh, that help those who are victims in this type of situation. What does resilience do, not just with Allegan, but with Ottawa counties as well, in terms of working maybe hand in glove with law enforcement so that those who are to be shielded through resilience have the shield of law to help them out in that regard? 
Yeah, thanks. We um, considered law enforcement and prosecution some of our um, strongest partners and really want to make sure that we try um, to help make the, uh, the experience as easy as possible survivor for survivors. So um, if somebody is working with resilience with either a case manager, advocate, or a therapist, we'll, we're willing to go with them to um, police interviews as a support person um, and even uh, help them kind of cope with court if they have to um, interview at a trial or a preliminary examination. That can be really intimidating. And um, so so we are willing to be there as a support person and explain things as are happening um, and remind folks of maybe co some coping skills to, to kind of um, get through it. But we um, try to work hand in hand with them as much as possible. So tell, talk a little bit about the trauma associated with abuse. It can be very, very deep, can't it? It really can. Yeah. It's so difficult um, when traumatic events happen are we have this internal alarm system in our brain, right? That keeps us safe. And when we're in an abusive situation or something terrifying is going on, um, you know, our system gets flooded with a lot of adrenaline, a lot of cortisol. Um, we will be hypervigilant because we're trying to survive, right? Um, so that's such a great thing that our bodies do for us. But after the abuse has, has subsided, a lot of times you'll still see those, um, that alarm system going off in your brain. So that's what, um, if you're familiar with post-traumatic stress disorder, when folks have flashbacks or nightmares or constantly feel on edge, um, it can make it really difficult to go about your life, you know, go to school, work, get your job done, do childcare, um, when your brain is constantly telling you, hey, we need to focus up because we're going to try to survive. Um, so we do have trauma therapy at Resilience that can help with a lot of those symptoms. Talk a little bit about how abuse, you know, affects maybe the partner in the relationship, but if there are children, um, how does it affect them? Absolutely. So the same alarm system that's going off in um, the survivor's brain is going off in the children's brain as well. Um, for children, when you're attached to your caregiver, your sense of safety is dependent on your parents' sense of safety. Um, so even if the abuse isn't happening directly to them, um, just being exposed to it in the home can make it, again, like I was saying, really difficult to go about your day. And for children who are still learning and growing and developing, that can sometimes affect developmental stages. Um, so we also offer children's uh, programming here at Resilience. Um, we have a series on um, trauma-informed parenting. And if that's difficult to attend, um, offer like one-stop monthly workshops on um, how to respond to your child and how to help your child with these things. So October, we've said, is Domestic uh, Violence Awareness Month. And you alluded to uh, earlier that you have a series on partners in prevention. Talk a little bit about that. And I know it's toward the end of the month. I should have had you on at the beginning of the month <laughs> so we could have talked about that. Well, I have to remember that for next October. <laughs> Are there still sessions folks can sign up for and what are they and how do they go about doing it? 
Yeah, thanks. Um, so the conference that we've had is three days over three weeks. Um, as we're speaking, uh, session number two is going on. Um, but registration for our third day, which is next week, Thursday, um, ends on Tuesday. Um, and the session topic is about engaging systems and communities. We'll also have the first two um you know, recordings available for purchase if people are interested. But uh, this conference has really been great because we've been um, examining and talking about best practices in engaging men as allies in violence prevention and fostering student um, leadership and preventing dating violence and um, led opportunities for legislative advocacy. So it's been a really rich and rewarding um, time. So we have a few more minutes left, uh, Megan. Some thoughts that you'd like to live, leave people with. I mean, it, it's a subject we don't like to think about, but it's in our community. It absolutely is in our community, and it takes an entire community to end domestic and sexual violence. Um, I'd like to say that all of our services are free and confidential, mm -hmm. and you don't necessarily need to be a survivor to um, access we also want to hear from parents, sisters, neighbors, anybody who's concerned about those kinds of things. Um, and I also want to stress that it's never the survivor's fault. Mm -hmm. um, always abusive actions are a choice and um, they can, abusive partners can often blame the survivor for things that they do, right? Like, look what you made me do, or I wouldn't have to act this way if A, B, and C. Um, so I just really want to stress that it's never the survivor's fault, and um, we're available 24-7 to um, help and listen and support and lay out options if anybody would like that. You know, what if someone doesn't speak English? Do you have services available that people in Spanish can talk with someone? We do. We have a Spanish um, helpline available 24-7. You know, thank you for being here, Megan, and for just really making us aware of something that, um, you know, is very important for us and to know the services that are available for resilience. For more information about the services provided by resilience, uh, Megan has said that there's a 24 hour helpline, 800 848 5991. That's 800 848 5991. And there is a number for Spanish speaking people, 866 728 2131. That's 866 728. 2131. And thanks for being here. And thanks for what you're doing in the community. Uh, we appreciate it. Until next week, Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital wishes you well. Thanks for listening to Wellspring, presented by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.